You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. On this podcast, we believe God's presence changes everything. That's not just a slogan for us. It's rooted in the scriptures, and it's also rooted in our story. I'm doing a special with three episodes right now because I've just released a book called David's Tabernacle, and the subtitle of the book is How God's Presence Changes Everything. So I wanted to take some time and give some examples of what we mean by God's presence changing everything. And so today I'm going to talk about King David, and we give a little brief overview of his tabernacle and the revolutionary approach to worship that David took that transformed Israel and also ripples into even our current day and, and into the future, what he did was so profound. And last week, I shared some of my story and how this idea of God's presence changing everything is true because I've experienced it firsthand. It's what set me on my trajectory as full-time minister and has continued to impact others as I've hosted the presence of God in, our, in various ministry contexts and seen people's lives and even seen cities impacted and transformed by the power of the presence of God. So before I dive into David today, uh, welcome to anybody who's tuning in for the first time. Thank you for checking us out. We would love for you to just hit subscribe wherever you're watching or listening so that you can follow along with us in the future. We release new podcast episodes every Thursday. They're either going to be short teachings like what I'm giving today or extended conversations and interviews with key leaders in the prayer movement or Bible teachers. We love topics like worship, prayer, revival, missions, unity, fasting, those kinds of things. And so that's what we talk about uh, on this podcast. And so if you'd like to be equipped to host the presence of God, both for you personally and for your community, uh, we would love for you to just hit subscribe. That's what we're passionate about, helping you host the presence of God, because we do believe God's presence changes everything. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org. We have all of our episode archives up there. You can search by keyword or by a topic. You can learn more about our other ministries beyond our podcast. You can also donate to support the podcast if you'd like to do that. We're totally funded by your generosity. So thank you so much for that. All right, well, let's dive in to King David today. Like I said, I'm releasing my book, David's Tabernacle, How God's Presence Changes Everything. It releases on May 18th. So depending on when you tune in, the book probably is just released, unless you're watching this a little bit later, but would love for you to pick up a copy. We'll have links in the show notes and in the description for sure. But I want to talk a little bit about what David's Tabernacle even was. I personally grew up in church, grew up as a Christian you know, hearing Bible stories, hearing Bible teachings, and I did not know what David's tabernacle was. And in my experience, a lot of people don't. Some people know that Israel had the original tabernacle, which most people call Moses's tabernacle, and that eventually there was a permanent temple set up in Jerusalem by Solomon. But in between Moses's tabernacle and the permanent temple, David had a third tabernacle. There was a third tent, a third tabernacle. And you can study it in the book of First Chronicles, and it's really profound uh, what David did and its impact on Israel and its impact even now for us as the body of Christ, as the church, as Christians. You, you really can't get away from the effect of David 
and his life and his worship and his kingdom uh, on the entire biblical narrative and all that God's doing in the earth right now. So you can look in First Chronicles. That's kind of the story of David's tabernacle. Uh, you can look at the book of Psalms, which many people don't realize that most of the Psalms were probably written and recorded while David's tabernacle was going on, which was 33 years that David reigned in Jerusalem. As you're looking at the Psalms and praying them and singing them, you're singing the songbook of David's tabernacle. All throughout Israel's history, interestingly, whenever the kings would turn their hearts back to God, uh, they would reinstate Davidic worship. They would bring back up David's tabernacle again, and they would do it again uh, in their nation. And so you have all throughout the Old Testament story, uh, you have the prophet Amos, the prophet Isaiah, who both prophesy about David's tent being restored. So you really can't get away from this topic, even though it's still fairly neglected in a lot of places. And then when you get to the New Testament, Acts chapter 15, James, the apostle, quotes Amos 9-11 about the restoration or the rebuilding of David's tabernacle at, a, at the very first church council. And so what David did is very profound, but I just want to give you a little bit of uh, the backstory real quick today on what was happening in David's day during his reign, what we call the tabernacle of David and the significance of that. So David was passionate about worship. He was passionate about the presence of God. It says that he was a man after God's own heart. And so when he became king, naturally, what was in his heart began to manifest collectively, corporately in their nation. And so he he was a man who prioritized God's presence and did everything as an overflow of intimacy with the Lord. And so when David became king in Jerusalem and, and the 12 tribes came together, he took the Ark of the Covenant, which was the very place that God's glory and presence rested. It was considered the throne of God. It was the place where heaven and earth came together. He took that Ark and he set it in a brand new tabernacle, a new tent that he established uh, right there on Mount Zion, which was the hill where David had set up his palace. And so he built a new tent, brought the Ark of the Covenant, set it up, and for 33 years hosted musical, prophetic, day and night intercessory worship right there on Mount Zion. It was an incredible feat. There's some really interesting things that were going on at David's tabernacle, which are interesting in themselves. And some of them, especially when you consider the context of Israel at that time, they're really profound. One thing that's very interesting is that David and the Levites, who he appointed to play music and to praise the Lord and to minister to the Lord at his tent, had direct access to the presence of God. Uh, This was a huge difference from the original tabernacle that Moses set up, where the Ark of the Covenant was hidden behind a veil in the Holy of Holies, and, and only the high priest could go in briefly once a year. In David's tabernacle, it even describes one point where he went right in and sat down before God and just started talking to God. And the Levites, it said that they would stand before the ark and they would play their instruments and they would sing and they would praise the Lord and they would be be there right before the ark. This was uh, unparalleled and it points to the reality that we have access to God through Jesus Christ. He was foreshadowing something even back in the Old Testament of what was to come in Jesus Christ. The other interesting thing was the fact that there was music at all, which this was probably, you know, the primary expression of David's worship and the worship at David's tabernacle was the fact that there was musical offerings to God. Before this time, 
In the original tabernacle, they would offer burnt offerings. They would offer animals and they would offer grain and they would burn those on the altar. And that was the offering to God. That's how they ministered to the Lord. But now David gets the Levites and he says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to offer songs to God. And our praise is going to be the sacrifice. Our prayers are going to be what rises to God as incense, not literal incense and not animal sacrifices anymore. And this was a huge departure from what was normal in Israel's day. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. And what I go into in my book is how David got the revelation to do this, why he did it, and why God allowed it, because it wasn't outlined in the Torah, in the law, for him to do that, but he did it according to prophetic revelation that God had given them about heavenly worship, and he was bringing that to the earth. And part of that was music. So he had Levites, hundreds, hundreds of musicians and singers who were involved in praising God. It says day and night. Uh, Some of these Levites were full-time. It was their entire occupation and vocation was to stand before the glory of God and sing praises to him, to worship day and night, just to minister to the Lord's heart. These Levites were trained. They were skilled. They were prophetic. It says that they prophesied with their instruments. So they weren't just singing songs and sort of going through the routine, but they were connecting to the spirit of God. They were releasing new songs. That's why all throughout the Psalms, it says, sing to the Lord, a new song. There was this prophetic flow coming from the Levites and musicians in David's tabernacle that was so new. It was so unprecedented, but it was powerful. And it brought the very glory and presence of God uh, into their nation, right in the heart of Jerusalem there. By the time David's reign is over 33 years in Jerusalem, which by the way is how many years Jesus walked the earth, which is very interesting. But by the end of that 33 years, David and his team had trained 4,000 Levite musicians and 288 singers for David's tabernacle, and they would continue in the days of Solomon in the temple. But 4,000 musicians and 288 singers, it's a stunning number of resources, 
of manpower, of effort that was put into training up musicians and singers who would just host the presence of God with their continuous worship and prayer. This was fascinating that the songs became the offerings and the praise to God. This was brand new, and it seems normal to us now because that's what the New Testament says. It says in Hebrews that we should offer God a sacrifice of praise continually. And that's very Tabernacle of David-esque language that the writer of Hebrews is using, that we offer God a sacrifice of praise. Christian worship is Davidic worship. And I give some you know, foundation for that statement in my book. I don't have time to get into it now. But Christian worship is to be Davidic worship. The way they worshiped at David's tabernacle is how we are to worship as believers, as Christian communities. That pattern was not a old covenant pattern. That would be the tabernacle of Moses. But David, David tapped into the heavenly pattern, the heavenly order of worship, which is the eternal way that God desires to be worshiped and praised day and night with music. In heaven, there's harps that are playing music and angels that are singing songs night and day to the Lord. And that's what God desires. And David understood that and he offered it to the Lord. And that's a pattern for us to understand true worship in spirit and in truth. I already mentioned this a few times, but the worship at David's tabernacle was day and night. Uh, It was continuous worship. Obviously, that's part of the reason they needed so many musicians and singers, because they were even going through the nights. Psalm 134 is an entire psalm dedicated to those in David's tabernacle and then in the temple who would stand by night uh, and worship the Lord and, and bless the Lord and praise the Lord in the night hours. Another interesting factor that's important for us for the way David's tabernacle approached worship was that there was an invitation to the nations to join them. So we see this in an individual example with the character of Obed-Edom who was not only not a Levite, but he was not even an Israelite. And David invited him in to be a part of the Levitical company, be a gatekeeper in the tabernacle of David. Obed-Edom actually housed the Ark of the Covenant in his own personal house before it came into Jerusalem. He experienced blessing, and then apparently maybe he wanted to continue to experience that glory and presence of God, that blessing that comes from his presence. And so he followed David to Jerusalem and became essentially an adopted Levite. And so you already get these hints that David's tabernacle was not just for the nation of Israel, but that it was for all the nations. And it's pointing towards the gospel. It's pointing towards Jew and Gentile worshiping the Lord together in spirit and in truth. And it's pointing to heaven where it says around the throne room of God, every tribe, tongue, and nation are coming together, worshiping the Lord day and night there in heaven. David was doing that on the earth. He said, it's not just for our nation. It's a blessing to our nation. But even in David's tabernacle, which was primarily for their nation of Israel, there was already hints with Obed-Edom, as well as many of the Psalms, uh, that this was an international, a global thing, was ultimately what was in God's heart, was to bring the nations into his presence through Jesus Christ so that they could worship him, so they could be a royal priesthood, be kings and priests forever unto God. Uh, the, actually, the very first song that they sang in David's tabernacle will, includes portions that invite all the nations to come and sing and to join in to the Davidic worship that was happening around the ark of God, the throne of God, the presence of God. And so that's what was happening. It was wild. There was dancing and shouting and music. I mean, this is 
you know, Hebrew music, all different kinds of instruments. It was intercessory, prophetic worship and prayer flowing with the Spirit of God. It was, uh, they were singing the Torah, so it was biblical. There were choirs, it talks about, that were set up uh, and established during some of the, the worship times. It was going around the clock day and night, and God's glory rested on the nation of Israel. David's reign was the high point of Israel. This was the glory days. All the tribes were together, all 12 tribes of Israel. They were hosting God's presence day and night. And it was so significant. God made a covenant with David and it's called the Davidic covenant, which is why Jesus is called the son of David, because he's the fulfillment of that covenant. And now we as the church are to embrace Davidic worship and to worship the way David did. Israel experienced blessing. It says that they had justice, that David administered justice. He was victorious in his battles. And like I said, every other moment in Israel's history where they were turn, where they were turning back to God, they would start doing what David did again. And so there's so much more, actually, I'm just barely scratching the surface, believe it or not, of what was happening in the tabernacle of David, the significance of it and the implications of it for our lives. I do want to add a little plug, check out my book, David's Tabernacle, How God's Presence Changes Everything because there's so much revelation to be found in what King David did and what Jesus is doing right now. And that's what I want to talk about on the next episode is, okay, that's what happened with David. That's what happened in ancient Israel. What's happening now? What about my life? What about my city? What about my nation? And that's really exciting. And so last week I talked about my journey. This week we talked about David's journey. And next week I want to talk about your journey and the journey of the nations of the earth to enter into this encounter with the presence of God that changes everything. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you liked this, please give it a share on social media, send it to some of your friends, maybe buy a couple extra copies of the book, send it to some friends as well. If you're on YouTube, if you could give us uh, that thumbs up, that like button or, and leave us a comment, that would be awesome. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating or a review. And all those things really help us get the word out and give us some credibility and let more people uh, hear some of these messages and get some of this content. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, God's presence changes everything.